Our scripture for this morning comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 19 through 26. I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. You must understand this, my beloved. Let everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, for your anger does not produce God's righteousness. Therefore, rid yourself of all sordidness and rank growth of wickedness, and welcome with meekness the implanted word that has the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror, for they look at themselves and on going away, immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If any think they are religious and do not brittle their tongues, but deceive their hearts, their religion is worthless. The word of God for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Today we come to the letter of James, a letter written to the early church. James wrote them uh, to give them instructions on how to live out their faith at a time when they didn't know what it really meant to be a Christian, to be a follower of Jesus. He wrote them at a time of great conflict and persecution. And so the letter of James is full of a lot of practical advice for us today. It's a letter that really speaks to me at this time. So today I want to walk us through some of his advice in the section that we have read. James's first piece of advice to us is to listen more, speak less, and get angry less. It seems like a simple recipe uh, to follow, but it's hard to do, isn't it? You see, James understood that a lot of conflict arises from misunderstanding and miscommunications. A lot of conflict comes when we don't understand each other or appreciate where each other is coming from. We would do well to consider this advice today as we see so many people speaking without making any attempt to understand the other person. How many times have we experienced that recently where we have seen people just talking and reacting without ever stopping to listening to each other? James wants us to spend more time listening. And when he says listening, he really talks about hearing each other out. Listening not just for the words, but for each other's hearts. To know where people really are coming from and how they are feeling. You know, one of the things that I really don't like about us not being able to be together in person is that when you're not together, you really can misinterpret a lot of the communication that goes on. Emails, texts, even phone calls often don't capture what we mean to express. Think about how much of our communication is body language and facial expression. How much of what we say has to do with how we say it and the intonation that we give to the words. And all of that is lost when we're not able to be present with each other. People post things on social media that they would never say to somebody face to face because it is almost an anonymous way of communicating. They feel like they can say things and it, you know, it won't matter as much or it won't hurt as much as it would if they said it in person. People post things on social media that sometimes shock you that you know the person and you go, 
I can't believe they said that or they would post that. James also wants to warn us to be slow to anger. Too often we are quick to anger. We have a short fuse. We let our emotions override our reason, which is one of our God-given abilities. God gave us a mind and reason to be able to think things through. When we are quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger, we really think about what we're going to say before we say it. We really analyze our words and we really try to think about how they're going to be received. What James is calling for is sound advice. As Christians, we must be mindful of our words and not allow ourselves to speak out of anger because our words matter. James also encourages us to rid ourselves of sordidness and rank growth of wickedness. And I had to look up sordidness because I wanted to make sure I understood what it meant. And the definition said vile or covetous intentions. Vile or covetous intentions. Uh, that's kind of the kind of stuff you want to get rid of. You don't want to speak with evil intention. If your intention is to hurt someone else with your words, then, then you're not using your words correctly as a Christian. And the second part of that is kind of self-explanatory. Don't let evil, don't let wickedness grow in you. Don't give it a fertile ground to grow by acting out of anger and being angry all the time. You know, the scripture says that we, we will get angry, but not to let our anger lead to sinning. That we're not to allow our anger to get to the point that we sin. And a lot of times that means that we sin against our neighbor. So what are we to do instead? Well, James tells us right here what we are to do. With meekness, welcome the implanted word that has power to save our souls. With meekness, with humbleness, receive the word of God that can save you, that can give you what you need to do in order to deal with that situation. I think most of the time we would do well to take our anger to the word of God and to prayer, to, to talk to God and to plead with God for justice and to ask for clarity as to what we are to do so that we can understand others and understand what is the best course of action in our lives. We should take it to God in prayer and we should take it to the word of God to see what God has to say about the situation. Think about how much better the world would be if when people got angry, they went to the word of God instead of going to social media. If when people got angry, instead of going on Facebook and putting up a rant, they actually took time to pray and to ask God for direction and ask God for peace. What if politicians sought God's counsel before speaking or acting or doing anything? What if we prayed before taking actions ourselves that could hurt or harm others? I think the world would be such a better place if we learned to turn to God first instead of to our anger. James claims, however, that it, it is not enough to just pray about it. It is not enough to just read the word. 
He says, besides this, we must receive that word and have it implanted in us. It must become a part of us so that then we can become doers of that word and not just hearers of it. We have to act on the word that God has given us. You know, God is speaking all the time. Psalms reminds us that God speaks every day, but so often we do not listen. We have to be doers of the word and not just hearers of the word. We have to put into action the advice that God has given us, the directions, the instructions that God has given us in scripture and that we are receiving through prayer. You know, this really makes a lot of sense. If we went out and read a lot of wonderful recipes, but never actually stepped into the kitchen to actually make them, we would never be able to enjoy them as a full cooked product. If it was a cake, you'd never be able to enjoy that piece of cake unless you actually followed the instructions and baked it. If it was a roast, you wouldn't be able to enjoy that roast unless you actually followed the recipe and made it. I think what James is getting at here is that we can't just hear what God says and then turn around and just do whatever we want that that is not how it's supposed to work. That as Christians, we are to hear the word of God. We are to take that word of God into ourselves and then we're supposed to do it. We're supposed to follow the instructions that God is giving us or to follow the recipe that God is giving us for our lives. James says that people who do this are like those, the people that don't do the word are, are like those who look at themselves in a mirror and then go away and immediately forget what they were like. You know, if we're looking at ourselves in God's word and it is our mirror and then we walk away from it without having internalized that word, without having made it a part of us, then it's very easy to forget it. Now, I know you've done this because I've done this many times. How many times have you been doing something in the kitchen, making a recipe, and, and in the middle of it, you realize that you don't remember what you're supposed to do or what you're supposed to put in? And you have to go back and read the recipe and make sure that you get it right. I mean, with something as simple as macaroni and cheese, I find myself going back to the box and checking again how much milk was supposed to go in, how much butter was supposed to go in, how much time it was supposed to boil. And that's a simple recipe. Imagine when we are talking about how to live our lives, a much more complicated recipe, if you will. It is important for us to continue to go back to the Word of God and to continue to check with God to see what it is that we are supposed to do and how to do it. James tells us that those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being not hearers who forget, but doers who act, will be blessed in doing so. He's, that, that's, that's what I've been talking about. He says, if you do it, you will enjoy the benefits of having followed God's will in your life. You will reap the benefits. It's like making that recipe and then being able to sit down and enjoy the meal that you have prepared. Too many people want to eat the cake without following the recipe. They want to get to the result without following the steps to get there. And James is saying, if you really want to reap the benefits of a Christian life, 
then you actually have to follow God's word and you actually have to pay attention to what God is telling you when you go to him in prayer. Everything is there. All the instructions that you need are there to follow. How to love our neighbors as ourselves, how to forgive, how to live and give to others, how to be in this world as followers of Jesus Christ. It is all there in the word. The recipes are there, but we need to follow them. We need to read them. And to avoid forgetting, we need to keep going back to those recipes and reading them over and over and over again. If we truly want to be blessed in this world, then we need to know God's will and follow it. In James's final advice, he tells us that if any think they are religious, but they can't brittle their tongue, they can't control their tongue, then they deceive their hearts and their religion is worthless. These are very strong words. If you're a Christian, you need to learn how to tame your tongue because it will want to lash out at people that hurt you, that offend you, that disagree with you, that look at you funny, that have a different political affiliation, that like different food than you, that look different than you, that speak different than you. You will want to lash out at them. Your tongue will want to offend and hurt and damage. And you need to learn as a Christian that our words matter because we are representing Christ in the world. We are followers of Jesus Christ. And that means that we can't just say whatever comes to mind. We have to think about how is this representing Jesus? How is this representing my faith? How is this showing people the love of God that I have come to know myself? This is why we must control our tongues, because it can affect our testimony and our witness in the world. We can't tell people that we are following Jesus or we speak hate. We can't tell people we believe in God and act like we have no faith in Him. We can't tell people we follow the Word of God and then act like we don't love our neighbor, which is clearly there in Scripture. These inconsistencies make our religion worthless because they mean we are not following the recipe that God has given us to live our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. Instead of living as agents of peace and love and hope and salvation, we are promoting division, hatred, anger, and all kinds of wickedness. And this is what James was writing about. Even in the early church, they needed to learn to brittle their tongues and to tame them. This weekend is Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. As we know, we celebrate that on Monday. And there's a very good quote that I like from him. It says, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I think... Martin Luther King Jr. was completely right. If we really want to make a change in this world, we must do it through the right means. We must do it through love. We must do it through reconciliation. We must do it by coming together in hope. We must do it with the light and not by fighting evil with evil. As you read your Bible, I wanna ask you a question. What do you find in God's recipe 
for your life? What is it that God wants you to do and wills you to do so that you are not just hearing the word, but you are actually doing the word? So that you're not just a hearer that hears it and then walks away and does whatever they want, but actually that you are hearing it and you're putting it into action, even in these challenging times. Remember that we are followers of Jesus in pandemic and out of pandemic. We're followers of Jesus in 2020 and 2021, just as much as we were called to be in 2019 and 2018 and every year before that. When we are called to live this life and to follow this recipe in our lives, we must remember to continually go back to God so that we know exactly what to do and how to do it. If you're not in the Word of God, if you're not checking yourself in with the Word of God on a regular basis, I encourage you to pick up that Bible, to look up your Bible app, and to find daily verses that you can read and meditate on. When we are living in the Word and following the example of Jesus, we will reap the benefits of a godly life. At the end of the day, that is a good life to live and one we should all aspire to live for the glory of God. A final quote I want to leave with you from Martin Luther King Jr. is this. He said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. I think that this is true of Christians. I think that we are measured by how we deal with trials and temptations, with adversities in our lives. That people are looking to see how we, who call ourselves Christians, deal with this turmoil that we are living in. And so it is so important for our witness that those who are looking at us can see Jesus in everything we say and we do. Don't forget to go back to God in prayer and to go back to God's word if you're ever in doubt of what you are to do or say. God bless you. Have a great week.